This week, we're going to record it and save it, and we'll get it up on the website. And, you know, David maintains that website. He does so many things behind the scenes. And this morning, we're actually um, going to talk a little bit about, uh, about that. And, and, you know, so we're going to get right into our time. We are in the Purpose Driven Life. And uh, many of you have the book. The new book looks like this. And, and the second name, of course, is The Purpose Driven Life, but it also says, What on Earth? am I here for? What on earth am I here for? And that's a question we all ask, I think, at different times in our life. Um, You know, what am I here for? Why am I doing these things? We tend to get into places where it's difficult in our life, and that question really comes up, says, what am I here for? Well, God's given us purposes, and the five purposes that we've been talking about, um, we've got, today is number four, but remember when God created us, the, the first week we talked about, it wasn't one of our purposes that we had to be reminded that we matter to God, but our first purpose that, that uh, we lear- we've learned about, it, I, I pray you're doing the reading, was that you were planned for God's pleasure. You were planned for God's pleasure. God created you to bring him pleasure and worship, and that's called worship. Our second purpose is to understand that you were formed for God's family. That means that God created you. He formed you to put you inside of the family of God, the church family. The third purpose that we learn about is that we were created to become like Christ. So you can't fulfill your purpose unless you know God and you begin to become like Christ. This morning we're going to take a look at our fourth purpose. And if you're in a life group, in a small group, going through the material, I, I, again, um, you're, you're not going to get nearly as much, you're not going to get hardly anything out of this series if you're not reading the book. I'm just going to tell you that. Um, in fact, th- this is a pretty big statement. I think I've had something eating my book. It's got a big old chunk out of it. Um, you, this, this is a pretty big statement. If you had to choose to not do one of the three things that we're doing right now, which is attending our Sunday morning celebration service, reading this, the, the book and going through it, and meeting in your life group, I would say stay home from church, read the book, and meet with your life group. That's pretty crazy, huh? The pastor says that. Because there's, there's so much good things in here. Now, this is not the Bible, but if you're reading it, you know that like... Every paragraph is chocked full of the scriptures of the Word of God. And so it's, it's allowing the Word to speak to us um, and then getting together in our, in our small group to talk about the challenges. And, and if, you've, if you're reading this book and haven't been challenged, you're not paying attention. I need to be honest. This book has challenged me so many times, and this isn't my first read-through. I read it many years ago. I read it one, uh, when it first came out. I read it again a few years ago, and I'm reading it again now. And as I'm reading it, I'm reading every chapter at least twice as I'm preparing for sermons. Um, so it's great stuff. It's a, challenging, uh, it's a challenging book, and there's wonderful things in there to help us to fulfill and to understand our purposes, but not just to understand them, but to begin to live them out. So this morning, we're going to touch on the fourth purpose of our life, and that's that you were shaped to serve God. You were shaped to serve God. In the Bible, the word um, serve is the same word translated in the Greek as the, as the word ministry. So, so as, as you're reading the Bible in English, often you'll see the word ministry, and sometimes you'll see the word serve or service. 
those two words are the same in the Greek. Now, there's a couple of words in the Greek that, that they will translate to be serve, but the one that uses minister, they'll also use serve, and that's the same word that we get the, wor- uh, the English word deacon. It's, it's basically dia- diakoneo, okay? But it means serve, but it also means minister. So which means if you were shaped to serve God, you could say you are shaped for ministry. You're shaped for ministry. God formed you, created you, made you to be in the ministry. Ephesians 2.10 says this. If you're taking notes, some of you have it. It's, uh, I'm going to get right onto the list, of, but, but this scripture is in there. It says, we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. By the way, that's the memory verse this week. That's the memory verse this week. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We talked a few weeks ago about what the word workmanship meant. In the, in the Greek, that word is poema. Does that sound like a word that you want to know? Poem. Poem. What if you just said, you are God's poem? Well, that's weird. What does that mean? Well, well poems are works of art. They're beautiful creations. Well, there's some weird modern poetry, but, but for the most part, right, you're God's work of art. You're God's masterpiece. You're God's poem. We need to tell ourselves, you need to get up in the morning, every day this week, look in the mirror and say, you are God's masterpiece. Is your hair is sticking all out. <laughs> For you ladies, and hopefully not any of you men, the mascara is running down your face because you forgot to wash your face the night before. And you can still look in that mirror and say, you are God's masterpiece. We say it, but we need to understand and we need to believe it. And here it goes on. It goes, you were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Part of the reason you were created was to do good works. We're living in, in a society in the church where we want to, so many pastors, so many people are, are running away from doing anything for God, calling that legalism. No, 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 it's not about doing for God, it's just about being. Well, yes, we're supposed to be before we do, but we were created in Christ all to do works. The, but there's a, there's, a, there's a scripture that says that he saved me and called me to serve him. He, so, so our service to him is the same as our, our, our salvation call. He called us to, to serve him. So he created us to do good works, which God had prepared in advance for us to do. He knew what he was going to call you to do when he created you. He had it all mapped out. And he says, you're my masterpiece. I want you to be a minister. And I tell you, that word scares everyone. It scares the bejeebers out of us. I am not a minister. I, and they look at me and say, you're a minister. So are you. One of my giftings, besides sarcasm, is pastor. <laughs> I'm a pastor. That's a gift. That's something that you might not be. You might not be a pastor. You might not be uh, someone who can play an instrument. You might not be a teacher. Uh, You might not be an evangelist. There's a lot of things that you might not be as far as a, a, a gift, but you are a minister, which is the same word as a servant. We're God's ministers. We're God's 
servant. So the fourth purpose of our life, if you're taking notes, is, is simply that God shaped me to serve him. God shaped me to serve him. Um, you know, Jim, a few minutes ago, you asked me if I needed a copy. I, I would love, actually, a, a copy of that, only because I want to follow where you guys are at. Here, there's two of them here. I got it. I got it, Jim. There was two. That way I can, I can, I can tell you when to fill in the blanks and things. Um, because, okay. So the first part of my life is that God shaped me to serve him. And if service is ministry, then we're in the ministry. Listen, which means you are a bivocational minister. A bivocational minister. If you've been in the church long, if you've been to so, some churches, you know what that means. But a bivocational minister is simple as what does the word bi mean? Bicycle, bifocal. Uh, it means two. So a bivocational minister is somebody who works as whatever they do, a carpenter, as well as a minister. So all of us are bivocational ministers. All of us are bivocational ministers because there's something that we do as a vocation and there's also something that we're supposed to do in service to the Lord. Now, in, in this, in this uh, even in the name of this, it says that God shaped me to serve him. God shaped me to serve him. I want to talk about the word real quick, shape, because it's going to help us. And, and if you're in a, one of the small groups, you already went through this a little bit. It's going to help us understand how on earth can we serve God. Yeah, I'm not going to ask for hands, but I would gather that a lot of you sitting out there says, I don't have any gifts. I can't serve God. There's nothing I do that can really minister for God. But that's so untrue. God shaped you. He gave you things. And so we want to help everyone in here. We're going to be doing this in a few months. We're going to take a Thursday night in, a, in about a month and a half. And we're going to do um, a fun class. We're going to take all, because we're doing Thursday nights because a lot of life groups are on Thursday. And we're going to spend the evening and we're going to do some personality tests and some spiritual gifting tests. And we're going to have a great night in understanding some of these things. But shape is this. God shaped you, which means that he gave you a specific shape to, to serve God. And that shape is, exists of these, your spiritual gifts. If you're taking notes, the S stands for spiritual gifts. The Bible says the Holy Spirit came and he gave gifts to men. And every one of us has been given gifts by the Holy Spirit. They're supernatural. They're amazing. And part of the way you serve God is using a spiritual gift. Sometimes we don't know what our spiritual gifts are. So we're going to spend some time helping people realize that they may have been gifted supernaturally. One of the, I'm going to lift my wife up for a minute. My wife has a supernatural gift of wisdom. A supernatural gift of wisdom. And she would be the first person to say, she goes, I don't think I'm a real wise person on my own. Yet, if you've been with her in a time where she's praying for you and counseling, people just they go, you have so much wisdom. And there's times that she says, I don't even know where that came from. God has gifted supernaturally Shannon in a supernatural gift of wisdom. All of us have spiritual gifts that God has given us. So that's part of our shape. The H stands for your heart. The H stands for your heart. 
God has put inside of your heart desires, inside of your heart passions to do things. So how are you going to serve God? You're going to serve God out of the spiritual gifts that God has given you, and you're going to serve God out of things that are in your heart to do and to be for other people. So H is heart. A in shape um, stands for your abilities. Your abilities. All of us in here have abilities, and you say, I don't have any abilities you have an ability. I mean, there's nobody that doesn't have an ability. Making people laugh is an ability. Caring for children is an ability. Growing gardens is an ability. Driving, driving well is an ability. We're going to Planet Wisdom. We want people with a, the ability to drive well. Keep your cool under pressure is a great ability. We're going to Planet Wisdom with a whole bunch of youth. We need people who can keep cool under pressure. Just kidding. So your abilities, you, you just have abilities. You've, you've honed skills. There's things you do. So God's going to use you because he's given you spiritual gifts. He's given you a, um, a heart for things, and you have certain abilities. The P, oh my goodness, I am drawing a blank here. I can't believe it. I didn't even write them down because I usually just do these. Um, personality, thank you. I, I knew it was going to come because that's why we're going to be doing the personality test. The P is for your personality. The, your personality. God has given you a certain personality and personality traits, and those things are going to help you serve in whatever capacity he calls you. And I love to discover people's personality traits. Um, right now, I mean, if we want, we'll, we'll do this in a couple of weeks, but I could, in, in, in about two minutes, separate the room and find uh, everyone's basic personality traits in, in less than two minutes, and we would have uh, about a qu- you know a, a, per, about twenty percent in one corner, twenty in another, and then about thirty and thirty in, in the others. Uh, typically, um, personality traits ju- just based on whether you're an introvert or extrovert, whether you're task oriented compared to people oriented. And right there, some of you are thinking, "Wait, am I task or people?" And, and some of you are like, "Oh, I don't know." And some of you are like, "Task, absolutely." And others are like, "People, I love people, hate tasks." Introvert, extrovert. And, and your God gave you a personality, and he's going to use you by your spiritual gifts, your hearts, your abilities, your personality. And the E stands for your experiences. God wastes nothing. God wastes nothing. I'll tell you, there's a lot of things that we've gone through in life, not because God wanted us to. We've gone through a lot of stuff because life is hard. We've gone through a lot of stuff because our parents were sinful. We've gone through a lot of, of, of things because maybe the, um, the companies we worked for had a, a sinful boss. We've also gone through a lot of things because we're just dodo heads. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the, ma- the biggest one. Of the, of we've gone through a lot of stuff just because we've made stupid mistakes. It wasn't, and, and don't ever try to spiritualize and say, yes, but I see what God did through it, so therefore God wanted me to do it. No! That's just ridiculous. But God doesn't waste anything. He will take your trash and turn it into biofuel. He'll take your junk and he'll make a masterpiece out of it like only God can and there's some pretty creative people you know there's an island there's an island out there it's a pretty good sized island that is made 100% from bottles 
like plastic bottles. They're just, they're, it's floating in the ocean. They put them all together, and there's an island on top of that two-liter bottle of plastic. I mean, come on. If somebody can make an island, if a person can make an island out of two-liter bottles, what can God do with your junk? God wastes nothing. So your experiences in life, good, bad, and, and in between, are, are things that God will use to help you serve him, to help you serve God. And so our, our life calling is, is to, to be servants of Jesus, to be ministers of Jesus. I guess it's a fill in the blank there, to be a bivocational minister of Jesus. I like, I like the word minister. We could put servant, but we're going to get used to the word ministry and minister because as we understand the, the things we do is ministry, I believe that we'll be blessed. Uh, Galatians 1.15 says this, God in his grace chose me even before I was born and called me to serve him. Whew, he called me to serve him. So what will happen if I use my life to serve and bless others? I want to give us a couple of, uh, of simple points in here. What will happen if I use my life to serve and bless others? You know, preaching for me is, is difficult on so many levels, but one of the reasons it's difficult is because I have a hard time preaching only part of, part of the truth. You know, there is so much more that you'll get out of serving God than a couple of points today. You know, and I'm like, oh, I should talk about this, and I should talk about that. And there's even a couple of points I'm going... Oh, there's a point, but there's a counterpoint to that. We need to understand both of them. So it's really hard for me to preach a message and not go, yeah, there's so much more I needed to say. So you just got to keep attending so that you can get the whole picture. It's like reading the Bible. If you read one part, you're not going to get the whole thing. You got to keep reading. You got to keep digging. You got to keep growing and learning. So even today, when I give some of these points in any sermon you'll ever hear everywhere, there's, oh, for some of you more than others, there's always going to be, yeah, but... Okay, don't worry about that. Let's just listen to these things. Serving, God, other, serving others unselfishly will create joy in my life. That's the first one there. Serving God, serving others unselfishly, as number one, will create joy in my life. If you're making little notes as you wrote that unselfishly, that's the key word unselfishly, and then the other key word is joy. Unselfishly and joy. We can't serve very well when we serve selfishly. People do it. After a while, people realize that they're serving selfishly. They're only doing it to get something back. And that becomes apparent. Then you feel bought. Anyone ever bought by somebody who served and served and served and served? Like, oh, you just wanted something from me. So we need, to, we need to, to, to begin to be unselfish. So here's the little secret. Get the focus off of me. Get the focus off of me. We need to become to learn, learn to become unselfish. It's no mystery that, that the word miser is related to the word misery. Misers are selfish. They're stingy. They think about themselves. And truly, that will just cause misery. Philippians 2.17 says this, My life is being poured out as a part of the sacrifice and service I offer to God for your faith. 
Yet I am filled with joy, and I share that joy with all of you. I love that. My life is being poured out as a part of the sacrifice and service. I am filled with joy, and I share that joy with all of you. Philippians 4, uh, 4 and 5 in the Living Bible says this, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are unselfish and considerate in all you do. As we serve, we need to begin to get the focus off of ourselves and do it unselfishly. And, and one of the biggest reasons people don't serve uh, anyone or anything or, or very little is because we're just a selfish people. Now, now I, don't, I don't think that about us as a church and, and in general about uh, uh, the last statistics I had for um, serving people in the United States is actually a census for that. About 24.8% of Americans serve in some type of a volunteer program. The majority of them are, are youth-centered, sports and things like that. So about a quarter of people serve on, in volunteer programs, and that's pretty cool. Well, that's what it means about 75% aren't. There's an old adage that says about, about 80, uh, 20% of the people in any organization do 80% of the volunteer work. 20% of the people do 80% of the work. I've always felt like our church was above that. I felt like there was a lot more people serving here. This morning I just began to write um, a list of people that I knew were serving on a pretty regular basis. On a regular basis, I got to 30 names and stopped. I said, 30. Because on any, on any given Sunday, we have about 70 or 80 of us uh, all together, maybe 120. So, well, 30 out of 120 is 25%. But I could have added a few names, so I think we're above that standard. But we want to be unselfish, and we want to be considerate and serve the Lord. Listen to this. I love this. The Message Bible. It's the second part of Philippians 2.4. Forget about yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. That says it. Right? Forget about yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. Get our eyes off ourselves, get them on to the Lord, and begin to serve. God didn't put you on this planet just to live for yourself. God didn't give you the resources that you have just to spend them on yourself. God created you to serve and to give. So joy comes, there's the next point here, um, uh, joy comes when I use my gifts to help others. Joy comes when I give my I'll use my gifts to help others. First Peter 4 says, God has given each of you some special abilities. We just talked about that. Be sure to use them to help each other. Be sure to use them to help each other. You know, there are some really gifted speakers out there. They just, they can rally people together and influence people. Too many of them use them to amass wealth for themselves. There are some people who have amazing gifts um, you know, I was thinking, you know, I, I, you know, God has given each of you some special abili- abilities. Be sure to use them to get as much money as you can. You know, that's the reviled, perverted version of the Bible. You know, no, use them to help other people. Use them to help each other, passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. You've been blessed to be a blessing. Say that. I've been blessed to be a blessing. That's what God, God has blessed you and now he wants you to bless others. How? Using our skills, our talents, our time. Time's a big one. How much time? You know, I just don't have any time. That's why people don't serve. 
encourage you. So the next point on on your on your little thing, the little point at the top of the second page: serving others unselfishly will improve my relationships. Serving others unselfishly will improve my relationship. How? When you're giving to others, you'll, you'll, you'll have joy, which makes you more joyful to be with. When you're serving others, there'll be such an exchange of life and love. It'll improve your relationships. And I tell you, we need this one. Our marriages need to be improved. Our friendships need to be improved. So as we serve others unselfishly, I believe our relationships will actually benefit. Why? Because at, I believe at, at the core of almost every and probably every single problem in your life is self-centeredness. Self-centeredness is at the core of, of so many problems. Sometimes it's not your self-centeredness. It's somebody else's self-centeredness that is causing issues. But often it's a combination of people being self-centered trying to get their needs met from each other. And if we learn to serve one another, those things will go away. There's other issues, but I think a lot of them even come out of that way. I want my way, you want your way, and that causes conflict. Proverbs 13 says this. Pride only breeds quarrels. Pride only breeds quarrels. We're prideful, we're selfish, and we have fights because of that. My way is better. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but but how many of you have ever had a fight about which route to take home? Right? You should have gone there. You should have gone this way. You should have turned here. You're going the long way. You're, and we fight about which way to go. And when you get there, even though I'm always right, <laughs> I only saved one minute and 22 seconds. <laughs> right? I know because I timed it. Okay. I'm being silly, but it's true. And we're sitting there and going, yeah, well, you should have turned there. We can, we get in a fight. Why? Because I'm right and we should have gone my way. That's in something really, really silly. We quarrel because we're self-centered and we have pride. And, and, and for those of you, this is, this is probably honestly more of my speed. I don't really quarrel about it a lot. I might make a suggestion. And then if Shannon doesn't do it, her does, doesn't do it, we'll get home and I'll say, yeah, see how long that took? Should have gone the other way. I'm so humble. Learning to serve others and get our focus off of ourselves is going to improve our relationship. You know, and so, so, and it needs to be a give thing. This is where we could just spend way too much time on, on this point. So if, if, if you're driving and the other person for whatever says, hey, I think we should go that way. You know, let's take the, this. How hard is it to say, okay. Minute 22 seconds. You'll never get that time back, will you? Here's the thing. You just got to spend a minute and 22 seconds more with a person who
who is much more important. Let's be unselfish. We won't live for ourselves. How do we learn to be unselfish? Simple, copy Jesus. I think Jesus lived the most unselfish life ever. Matthew 20, 28 says, Your attitude must be like my own, Jesus said that. For I did not come to be served, but to serve. He gave himself a ransom for many. Christ came to serve. Let's have the same attitude. Let's serve one another. You know, when, we do, when I do premarital counseling, I love to call it premarital coaching because it's really coaching people and things. I say, you know, work at out-serving each other. You know, if, if, you, if you got up your days and you just says, I'm just going to out-serve my spouse, and your spouse woke up the same way and says, I'm going to out-serve my spouse. You know, wouldn't that be just wonderful? You're serving each other. And, and on days that, that you were feeling bad, they're going to they're gonna wake up and still serve you, and then the next day you're going to serve them. We're going to work at just serving each other. That's what we want to be like Jesus. When we begin to take on the attitude of Jesus, we begin to live our life not for the benefit of ourselves, but we begin to live life at the benefit of others. We want to honor God and help others to honor God too. It also helps to resolve conflict because when you're serving other people and they're selfish, often they begin to feel guilty about it. Oh man, they're just always serving. Now some of you are going, yeah, but you don't know my husband. I serve and serve and serve and he... Come and talk to me about that on a different day. Don't try to be interesting be interested. You know, some people just, they just want to be interesting all the time. Instead, try to be interested in other people. I believe you'll make friends that way. You'll care about them. You know, we, we all know people who are talking about something and, and you feel like they're watching your mouth just to wait until you close it long enough so they can talk about themselves. Because it always starts with, oh yeah, that, well the same thing happened to me. You know, in our family, we, we call that, we, we talk about that being the me monster. Me monster. Romans 14, 18 says, if you serve Christ in this way, which is unselfishly serving, you will please God and be respected by people. You'll please God and be respected by people. The more I bless people, the more God blesses me. It's a principle. It makes no sense in the natural but it's a wonderful principle. When you bless others, God blesses you. The more you give your life away, the more God blesses you. Hmm, Proverbs eleven twenty five says that the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. All right. Third point, serving others unselfishly will make my life meaningful. If you're writing these down. Serving others unselfishly will make my life meaningful. Surprise. There is more meaning in life serving others than serving yourself. And, and I believe it's proved out watching Hollywood, and I say Hollywood because they're not just rich and wealthy, they're, they're also in the limelight so we know all about them. They're all crazy. They do crazy things. They, they get divorces and remarriages and divorces. And why? 
shouldn't they, with all of their money and all of their influence and all of their fan base, shouldn't they have meaning and be the most grounded people on earth? They have everything. And they're like the people you don't want it to be like. Because they're, not all of them, but many of them, they're just wanting more and more and more and more. The, the, the road to wealth. Listen, the only way you find meaning in life is to give your life away. God wired the universe on this principle. Mark 8 says, if you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will find true life. Where does meaning come from? Does it come from money? Does it come from success? Does it come from things? Does it come from sex? These are things that people are always hunting for. They think they're going to have life and life abundantly. If I can just have a little bit more money, if I could just have a little bit more sex and better cars and more things and all of these, my life will be better. My life will have meaning. No, people get caught up in that looking for it and it never satisfies. The only thing that satisfies is Christ. And one of the things that Christ wants us to do is to serve others. There's a lot of things as we find our purposes that we begin to find meaning in life and this is one of them, by giving, by serving. And Christ would begin to learn those purposes that we were planned for God's pleasure, that we were made to worship, that we were formed for his family, that we're supposed to live in fellowship with other people, that we're created to become like Christ. We're supposed to be disciples, growing one step closer to him all the time and we're shaped to serve. That's finding our ministry in this life. So we need to allow God to do the work in our life that he desires to do. He wants to form himself in us and help us to know and walk in all of our purposes. And, and it really makes no sense. It, it, there's something about it. I think we're the, we're the only animals that find that this is true. Most animals are pretty selfish. They just do their thing. They don't think about others. Living for others doesn't seem like it's a good principle. That's why so many people don't do it. We just want to get ahead. You know, we, we believe that the golden rule is he who has the gold rules. But yet, it's empty. Meaning actually comes from serving others. Knowing this, what should my attitude be? Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your work in the Lord is never wasted. That should be our attitude. That should be our attitude. Serving others unselfishly will make my life meaningful. It brings us joy. Fourth one, serving others unselfishly will, will leave a legacy. It'll leave a legacy. It'll leave a legacy in this world and it'll leave a legacy in the world to come with God. When you serve others, God takes note. There's a couple of scriptures I'm going to go on the, over this point pretty quick here. Proverbs 10, 17 says, Good people will be remembered as a blessing. Good people will, will be remembered as a blessing. You know, they just live on in the minds. You know, that person just served so much and they were always going. Why? Because they remember the things done. You know, somebody dies who was a, a servant. You know, so later we find this in the church. Oh, so, you know, wow, so-and-so passed away and they used to serve and they used to make these wonderful meals and they used to do this. You will be remembered by being a servant in a good way. If you want to be great, Matthew 2, when he says this, you must be the servant of all the others. We want to leave a legacy in this world because it impacts the kingdom and we want to be, and we're going to leave a, a legacy also in heaven. John 12 says it this way, my father will honor anyone 
who serves me. As we serve God through serving others, we're, we're laying up a foundation in heaven. God calls us to serve him by serving others. And, and the, the part of ministry and service is that when you do your ministry, your work, whatever it is you do, if you'll do it for God, that's ministry. Whatever you're doing. So that means that your work, whatever you do for work, can be a ministry. It's not just things you can do around the church or, or help a widow or serve in some, something, but you can even minister by serving people in your work. You can be a minister by serving God through the things that you do, if you'll do them for him. The Bible says that in everything that we do, do as unto the Lord. You just do it unto the Lord. Cleaning toilets, we'll clean unto the Lord. You know what, God? I'm, I'm, just, I'm serving you. This is going to make somebody's life better. It's not a fun job, I know. On, on, on Friday, I was well, here. We, we host a, a homeschool class, a homeschool. And uh, I was walking out. I had to go somewhere. And one of the moms said, hey, the middle stall, something wrong with it. You might want to go check it out. It was in the ladies' room. And so I go in there and open the door. And oh, man. I mean, it, it had been days, just unflushed and stopped up. And it was just a horrible, horrible mess. And so I left it. (laughs) And so that's not my job. I'm the pastor. I plunged it and I scrubbed it and I scraped it and I wiped the toilet down. And, and, And I'll guarantee you, one of you ladies was very thankful. Now, I know you wouldn't have used that one, but you would have opened the door and went, Ah! (laughs) So we serve God by serving others. We serve God by doing our work as unto Him. We want to serve God. We want to leave a legacy. We want to serve others unselfishly. We want to have better relationships. We want to have joy in life. We want to do everything we can to serve. You know, there's so many ways you, people serve around here. There's, there's ways to serve and, and ministry at, at the church. And I, I wrote some things because it was kind of fun. But some of you are going, well, how can I serve God, you know, at the church? And how can I do things? So now, now if I can even find it here. Oh, my, my list is gone. Oh, here it was. It's small. Do you have any office skills? Do you like babies? Do you like to clean? Can you clean? Do you know how to do maintenance? Think hungry people need to be fed? Do you like to listen? Do you like to listen? Because if you like to listen, there's some shut-ins that would love you to come over and listen to them. People who just don't get out much. Can you plan meals? People, people die. People have babies. People need things, and they need to meal planned. We're going to be doing, over the spring and summer, we do our, our uh, Sunday movie thing. We're going to be putting those up again We're once a month. Maybe we'll do it more. We'll have potlucks and meals and things like that. You can plan meals. Can you pray? You pray for people? Can you design things? 
We need, uh, I got vision. We're going to blow, blow out this wall. We're going to, the, the church expand. We're going to reach more people. Can you decorate? Can you tell this place needs to be a little bit decorated? Can you, do you have any, uh, can, are you good at organizing? These people have gifts of, of organizing. Do you do, you do advertising in, as part of your work? We need, we, we could use some help in advertising. You know how to repair small equipment? Do you know how to drive? have patience? Are you creative? Do you like to garden? We, uh, almost anything you can think of needs to be done here at the church. Almost anything you can think of. You know, and, but, but it's going to take some things. It's going to take some abil- availability. We talked about that in our, in our meetings on Thursday or on, on life groups. God can use all of your gifts he can use your heart, your abilities, your spiritual gifts, your experiences, and your personality to serve him. Loving one another. Do you like to do you like to shovel snow? Well, you might not like to, but can you? There's people who need their snow shoveled. That happens. There's people in this church who show up unannounced, unexpected, and shovel other people's snow for them. It's a wonderful ministry. You know, do you have a lot of time? We have people all the time widows and people who need rides to doctors. You just drive somebody to the doctor and hang out for a couple hours and drive them home. Maybe drive them to go get some groceries. There are so many things we can do for our neighbors and for each other and for the local church here. I want to encourage you to understand that it's a ministry and that we're all created to serve God in this way. You know, as, as we're, we're heading into Easter... You know, we're, we're gonna, there'll be people who visit on Easter that don't go to church any other time except maybe Christmas. I heard a, new, I heard a word for them. They're called Christers. Chris, Christmas and Easter. <laughs> the Christers are coming in a few weeks. You know, they're not gonna have their life changed by God and, and, and understand their purposes in life and, and be able to be ministered to long enough to maybe help them in their marriage or help them in raising their kids and, uh, and of course, to be saved by coming once or twice a year. But when they come, if we, if we love them, if we serve them, and if they're not afraid of the toilets, <laughs> if the property is pretty enough for them to think that it's not a dive, they might come and receive a, a, a warm welcome and, and find things done well and neat. And maybe they'll say, you know, this was, this was, this was amazing. Let's come back next week. And come a few times and plug in so that they can then actually begin the walk with the family of God. Because they, the people that live in Irwin Lake and Shea Meadows and Sugarloaf and Lake Williams... They were formed for God's family too. One thing we're going to talk about next week is how we can fulfill our our mission in life. That's the fifth purpose: is our mission, which is reaching part of it is reaching the lost. But but we're gonna we're gonna use our gifts and our abilities to minister here in in the house, and we're gonna use our gifts and minister in the home groups, our life groups, and and all around. So there was an there's an announcement in your bulletin. See, all this message was just for one announcement. 
we're having three church work days. They are in there, right? It's your bulletin, three church work days? We have the date written down on all three days. Really? If you're doing it on Saturday, yeah. Saturday's like April 1st, so you have it on like, the dates are Sundays. Ooh, so like okay, thank you. It's Saturdays. The dates are so three Saturdays in a row. So, so pick them, and, and, and I, I can't even remember. I think it's next Saturday, the following Saturday, and the following Saturday. Pick one. And, and if, there's, if you, do you have any of these gifts, we're going to do a lot of things around here. Construction, cleaning, just getting some projects done. We need things organized. Um, you know, we even need filing done. We need things. I mean, we've got lots of stuff. So do it over three, three Saturdays. If, if, there's, if you can't do it on those, for some reason you just can't do Saturdays, but you say, I want to do something, connect with me. We'll set up another time for you to come and find something where you can serve. Serve one another. Love one another. Look for opportunities. Let's make a difference in people's life. Amen? Let's pray. God, this isn't just a call for, for, for a need, that we need this and we need that. God, I really believe with all of my heart that you created us to serve you. God, that you shaped us to serve you, to be ministers to one another, to love one another, to serve one another. God, and I pray that we would each be challenged to step out in, in boldness and faith. And, and uh, God, you would challenge us to, to uh, look at that, those things that maybe are, are pride or, or selfishness and to get rid of those things that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give. I'm going to give of my time, my talents, my resources to serve and to be a minister. God, I thank you uh, for your grace and your love in our lives. You're amazing. Praise you. Bless us this day as we go from here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.